Last week, we were looking at the subject, which we're going to continue this week. Don't let yesterday ruin tomorrow, or ruin today and tomorrow. Just before I read the scriptures to you, a number of you may know Kevin Elliott, who moved to Exeter, who's died. His funeral, as I mentioned, is, will be on uh, Monday the 6th of um, April, February <laughs> in, uh, in Exeter Creme, 10.30 in the morning, if any of you would like to come along. <clears throat> Don't let yesterday ruin today or tomorrow. And I want to talk to you this morning about overcoming disappointment. Some people have disappointments in life. I think probably all of us at times. And I'm going to turn you to the familiar story that we looked at last week. It's the story of the, um, the dedication, I would think, of um, John the Baptist. Um, when Jewish children were eight days old, they were circumcised. We don't do that anymore <clears throat> here. <laughs> we dedicate children. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it is a Jewish custom, of course, and it was a sign that they were in the covenant that God had made with Abraham all those years before. And uh, it was the time when they named the child. Um, Zechariah had seen a vision in the temple, and the angel had announced to him that he and his elderly wife would have a child and poor old Zachariah just couldn't believe it and so the angel said to him well you're, you're going to be dumb you're not going to be able to speak until these things are fulfilled and they're going to be fulfilled and so this is the dedication scene in that little house um, in a village outside Jerusalem it, uh, so it was, uh, this is Luke chapter 1, verse 59, if you'd like to follow it. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father Zacharias. His mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. But they said, there is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father what he would uh, have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed. And he spoke, praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt uh, around them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. <clears throat> we were saying last week, just the simple renaming of a child. The family had got used to the name Zechariah. Dad was called Zachariah. I don't know whether granddad or great-granddad, but Zachariah was part of their family name. But God was wanting to do something different. This was a new start. And God is a God of new starts. 
He's a God of new beginnings, new experiences. And uh, this was a place where God was saying, that's what the family were expecting, that's what society was expecting, but this child is going to be different. And we looked at the three aspects of John's ministry last week, that uh, he was full of the Holy Spirit. You might remember that when his mother Elizabeth was pregnant and Mary, the Virgin Mary, came to visit her, that the baby inside of her leapt for joy and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So John was filled with the Holy Spirit in a powerful way in his life. Secondly, he knew God's plan and purposes for his life. On one occasion, they asked John, who are you? Are you the Christ that we've been all been waiting for? He said, no, I'm not the Christ. Are you, are you Elijah that's come back from the dead? He said, no, I'm not Elijah. So they said, are you well that prophet? He said, no, I'm not the prophet. So who are you? He said, I'm the voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. I'm not this, I'm not the other, I'm not that, but I am. And God has a special place for you. <laughs> Shoes that only you can fit in God's plan and God's purposes. <clears throat> and thirdly and finally, he pointed people to Jesus. He didn't attract people to himself. He pointed them towards Christ. He was a signpost. You remember when uh, uh, some disciples of John came and they heard John say, when Jesus was walking by, they heard John say, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And those disciples of John began to follow Jesus. So when John spoke, he pointed people towards Jesus. But there will be, in life, in your life and mine, discouragements and disappointments along the way. And the Lord had to speak to Joshua many years before, and he said, have not I commanded you, be strong. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Discouragement can come from many sources. Discouragement can come from inside yourself. Uh, your lack of uh, gifts, lack of character, weaknesses that you may have. Uh, we, uh, discouragement can come through a lack of understanding your particular place in the plans and purposes of God. I uh, have a minister friend of mine that when he was younger, somebody prophesied over him that he would minister to thousands of people. <laughs> and it never happened. It wasn't a true prophecy. It was just some, some... So this guy was going through life thinking, I failed. <laughs> I should have been preaching to thousands and here I am in, in a smallish church. <clears throat> um, if you get a wrong estimation, you have a sense of, fa of failure. Uh, and then some people are disappointed with God. 
They don't like to admit it, but they feel that maybe God could have um, come through better for them. <clears throat> so living for Christ and being an effective Christian, you will have disappointments from time to time. <laughs> so get ready. <laughs> when you go to the dentist, he says to you, now this may just hurt a little. So you hang on, to, if you're like me, you hang on to the chair a little. <laughs> When we were at the Elim conference the other year, uh, a guy was telling us a story how he and his family and friends were, were on the beach. Uh, uh, they put all their clothes down on, on a towel and their shoes and uh, they all went playing ball in, in the sea. And they were playing together for about three quarters of an hour to an hour. When they came back, all their stuff had been stolen. Towel, clothes, shoes, everything gone. Looped everywhere, couldn't find them. Went to the lifeguard and said, did you see anybody stealing our clothes? The lifeguard said, have a look a hundred yards up the beach. Well, they went looking a hundred yards up the beach and lo and behold, <coughs> The thief had put them all back. <laughs> what they had not realized is that there was a current taking them. They had not realized it. When we lived in Nottingham and the children were smaller, we went for a, a ride on the River Thames in a boat. Of course, the kids, can I row, Dad? Can I row? I said, yes, you can. We'll go you go this way. So they're pulling away. Pull. after about 15 minutes or less they said would you like to drive now <clears throat> so I turned the boat round whizzing how is it dad that you can go so fast I said well I'm a lot stronger than you <clears throat> but what the truth was the truth was the river was flowing my way the kids didn't know that. They know now. <laughs> but there was a force against them when they were going. And you and I need to realize that there's a force against you. I've told you before, I'll read it out again. There was a lady born in 1880. And she was a Satanist. She had spirit guides and she was totally opposed to Christ Jesus and the Christian life. And her name was Alice Bailey. You can get her on YouTube or um, Google, <laughs> the fountainhead of all knowledge. And she had a 10-point plan to destroy Christianity. And this is the 10-point plan that you can see <clears throat> on Google. Take God and prayer out of the education system. Number two, reduce parental authority over children. Three, destroy the Judeo-Christian Judeo -Christian family structure or the traditional Christian family structure. If sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. Five, make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life. 
Six, make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Seven, debase art, make it run mad. Use media to promote and change mindsets. Nine, create an interfaith movement. Ten, get governments to make all these laws and get the church to endorse these changes. <laughs> that was born in 1880. You would never have thought that would have happened. But a lot of these things we see today. And uh, there's a force against it. How do you overcome disappointments in the Christian Walk. First of all, I would say, remember past blessings. <laughs> remember what God has done in the past. The psalmist David, the psalms are full of real people. <clears throat> um, you, meet some, you meet some Christians who never seem to have any problems, do you? <laughs> but in the Bible, there are real people who had real difficulties and who overcame them. And this is what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 77. He said, I am too distressed even to pray. I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation. I'm too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days, long since ended, when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and ponder the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works, O God. Your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. <laughs> so here he is in the debt, the despair and depression. And then he remembers what God is, has done and who God is. And his spirit is revived. Hallelujah. I think some of us have been that way, haven't we? We remember the way that the Lord has guided us. Secondly, <clears throat> to overcome disappointment, develop your own Walk with the Lord or your own spirituality. Don't blame others for your condition. I remember a, a, a brother said to me when we were up in Beeston many years ago, he said, I haven't grown under your ministry. I thought, well, that's a, a very encouraging word. <laughs> very encouraging word. The Bible says in the book of Job, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. <clears throat> now, Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit. Before he went back to heaven, as we know, he said to the disciples, don't go preaching yet. Stay in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't think they fully knew what they were waiting for, but they, were, they had uh, 10 uh, more days, and they were praying, 
and uh, they were, I believe, probably getting right with one another because it says in the book of Acts where this incident is recorded that they were in one accord. They were all in agreement. <clears throat> it seems an impossible thing. They were all in one place and they were all in agreement and suddenly at nine o'clock in the morning, who feels spiritual at nine o'clock in the morning? Nine o'clock in the morning, the Holy Spirit showed up and there was a sound like a rushing, violent wind and it filled all the place where they were sitting. Cloven tongues like fire sat on all of their heads. Hallelujah. What a wonderful thing. The fat ones, the thin ones, the tall ones, the short ones, thank the Lord, the old and the young, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in these other languages that they had never learned. From all over the known world, they were speaking in these other tongues. And they were, the crowd was amazed. And Peter stood up and explained what was happening. They said, oh, they're just drunk. Well, they must have been happy. You know, we, we, uh, when we lived in Macclesfield, we, we, we were living in a very um, select area next to the church. We had three pubs we could see. <laughs> and uh, we would often, we had no TV in those days. Our entertainment was watching people coming out of the pub. <laughs> well, they said of these first Christians, they're just drunk. They're just happy drunk. Peter said, no, they're not. This has been prophesied centuries ago by the prophet Joel. He said, your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men are going to see dreams. Your young men are going to see visions. And I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all people. Not just going to be the special prophets, the, the, the isolated incidents. It's going to be for everyone. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and explaining to the Corinthian disciples when, uh, unfortunately, the Corinthian church, they're just a bit excessive, you know, on some of these things. And so Paul had to correct them. But he said, he that speaks in an unknown tongue, he edifies himself. He builds himself up, strengthens himself in the Lord. <clears throat> He who speaks in an unknown tongue, he doesn't speak to men, but he speaks to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Then he said, I wish you all spoke with tongues. He said, but I'd rather you prophesied, but when you're alone at home, use this wonderful gift to build yourself up. <clears throat> Secondly, to avoid um, this um, appointment, Keep short accounts with God. The scripture says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Keep short accounts with God. Apologize immediately. Sometimes if you, I don't know what, what there's some, maybe you t talk too much or you, you, you 
thoughts come in your head and you harbour them and you say, oh Lord, I'm sorry about that. Apologise quickly. Get it out of the way. Don't harbour sinful things in your life. Get rid of them. Confess and walk away. <clears throat> Remember many years ago, there was a programme on TV um, one of these caught on camera shows. And uh, this little boy got chocolate all over his mouth. And his mother said to him, uh, have you been eating chocolate? No. <laughs> Are you sure you've not been eating chocolate? No. She asked him a third time, Are you sure you have not been eating chocolate? No, mum. It was all 50 million people knew he'd been eating chocolate. But would this kid admit it? No. Just own up. Say, sorry, Lord, and move on. Keep short accounts with God. Thirdly, I think it's thirdly, get some new clothes. There was a program on TV. I think it's still on. We've watched it once or twice. It's called... 10 years younger. They ask somebody to stand in the street and they ask passerby, how old do you think she is? Or how old do you think he is? Ooh, I would say, uh, yeah, 60. Very old. <laughs> Extremely. Yeah, 62, 66. Actually, she's 41. <laughs> so, do you know how, 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 how old people thought you were? Yeah. 60. But we're going to make you look 10 years. So they get to work, skin, you know, teeth, hair. And finally, clothes. I've worn these all the time. I've worn these all the time. And you look awful in those clothes. <clears throat> we're going to jazz you up. We're going to... We're going to get an expert in that can see with your color of your skin and your hair and everything. Going to make you look nice. <clears throat> well, God has some new clothes for us. And you'll read about them in Colossians chapter 3 and also in the book of Ephesians. And this is what it said. Before you can, before you can put on new clothes, you've got to take off old clothes, haven't you? Take them off. Uh, well, I'm in my best uh, suit that I've had for, for, for many years. <clears throat> so what is it? Put off. Put off anger. Red with anger. It's not your color. Anger is not your color. Put off rage. Say purple with rage. I remember as a small boy, there was a, a man, a, a Christian man, but if you disagreed with him, which I, I didn't, but my parents disagreed with him, uh, he would be purple with rage. <laughs> it's not your color. Don't wear it. Goes on to say, put off malicious behavior. What is it? Hateful, spiteful, mean, nasty, cruel. It doesn't suit you to be hateful, spiteful, nasty, and cruel. It doesn't suit you. Take it off. <clears throat> Slander. Putting others in a bad light. You don't look good 
when you're putting others in a bad light. Ah, but I could tell you a thing or two about her. I'm telling you this in confidence. She's rubbish. <laughs> Slander, dirty language. <clears throat> Clean animals in the Bible were uh, decided by if you chew the cud and part the hoof. <laughs> well, your walk and your talk must correspond to, to walk together. Some are great at talking, but they're not so great at walking. Then it says, don't lie to each other. Put off lying. Don't steal. Put off stealing. And put off bitterness. Sometimes you can harbor things in your heart. I remember a man when we were years ago, and he had a business. I was a businessman, very prosperous business, um, clothes in the, what they call the rag trade. <clears throat> and he had a couple of bad debts, and his, and, and his business went under. He, didn't, he, he wouldn't bankrupt, but he was left with very, very little. Very, and he got so bitter, so every time you talked to him, it was what those people did to him and what they never told him and they did. And he just, he just died. He died a bitter old man. He wasn't too old, but he died a very bitter man. The Bible says, put off bitterness and resentment. Then put some new clothes on. <laughs> right, now what we're gonna look what we're gonna make you look nice in. It says, put on tender-hearted mercy. <laughs> you look great when you're being merciful. You look great when you're tender-hearted. You're not hard-hearted, but you're tender-hearted. And then it says, put on kindness. You look great when you're being kind to people and to others. And then it says, put on humility. That's unpretentiousness, modesty. Don't keep blowing your own trumpet, for goodness sake. Put that off and put on humility. <clears throat> and gentleness. Be gentle both with yourself and with others. Put on patience. How many of us need patience? He said, Lord, I need patience, and I need it now. <coughs> it says, make allowances for other people's faults and forgive one another. <coughs> Unforgiveness is a terrible emotion that um, you, you hold on to unforgiveness. It's, it's like if you were going down to Plymouth Hall, as you see them, <clears throat> slightly insane people fishing with a line, waiting for days on end. I'm sure I saw a couple of corpses there once. <clears throat> <clears throat> they fish, supposing they flick the, the thing back, the, the rod back, and the hook caught in your, in your mouth. Ah. You could say, you stupid fisherman, I am going to report you to the Fisherman's Association. I'm going to write about you in the Fisherman's Times. I'm going to make your name mud, 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 mud. You could walk 10 yards down the road 
and he could wind you in any time he likes. You could walk 10 miles down the road. You could go across the continent and he could still wind you in. What have you got to do? Unhoop yourself. Unforgiveness is like me taking poison and expecting you to drop down dead. Unforgiveness is a terrible emotion. We had a case many, many years ago where I was in an unforgiving. This person, he must have been a bad person. <laughs> Saying terrible, thing, terrible things about us. Terrible, and I, I, I hated him. And, 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 and uh, my wife hated him even more. <clears throat> I saw, I've got to, go and, got to go and see this guy. I've got to go and try and sort this out. I went to see him and, uh, you know, I said, we've got to, get this, got to get this sorted out. And he said, yes, you're right, David. And he prayed the nearest thing to a, an apology that I could get, you know. Well, I, I didn't want an apology, really. But he said, you know, I played like Saul. You remember, I played the fool I ever heard exceedingly. <laughs> And we prayed together, and, and we hugged each other. I apologized if I'd hurt him. He apologized if he'd hurt me. This kind of, it was like 10 tons had lifted off my shoulders. And then I'd got to go home and tell the wife what had happened. So the 10 tons came back. LAUGHTER <laughs> But praise God, God had dealt with her, a double miracle. <laughs> if you harbor unforgiveness in your heart, you can't move forward into tomorrow that God has for you. And I thought to myself, if I don't forgive this brother, and I'd like to think he changed, I'd like to think we all drove off into the sunset together, <laughs> he didn't change a bit but I changed I was different and I felt I would never be able to talk to you or anyone about forgiveness if I too had not forgiven <clears throat> it was a release and a relief to be forgiven <clears throat> so put off and put on because you look 10 years younger, hallelujah, when you take on some great new clothes from heaven. Put off bitterness, put off anger, put off slander, put off lying, put off stealing, put on mercy, put on kindness, put on humility, put on gentleness, put on patience, allow for other people's faults. Forgive as Christ has forgiven you. And then he says, above all these things, put on love because it binds them all together. Begin to love. And then he says, let the peace of God rule. Sometimes it's difficult to let the peace of God rule, isn't it? When our daughter Esther was so ill with a ch in the ICU recently, as you know, I walked into Central Park and I, uh, 
I was praying and, and I kept saying, let the peace of God rule. Let the peace of God rule. It's not always easy to let the peace of God rule. But allow the peace of God to rule in your heart and life. Um, I don't know, fifthly or so, <clears throat> exercise faith. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Feed your faith. Read things about God's movings of years ago. There's such a, a blast of cold wind of unbelief in the world today. And particularly the scriptures are attacked. Everything is being attacked. Feed your faith. Get among people who are positive. When you come to church, sit with people who are positive. Don't look now, but the person sitting next to you. <coughs> Sometimes it's who you're fellowshipping with. Fellowship with positive people who will spur you on to, to righteousness and spur you on in your Christian life and not slow you down. <coughs> and then, I think we're nearly finally... <coughs> Understand your unique place in God's plans and purposes. <clears throat> this is what Ephesians 4 says. From him, that is Jesus, from him, the head, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. <coughs> Each part is supposed to work. Now, I've never seen my pancreas, <clears throat> but it keeps going, thank the Lord. My wife isn't working quite so well, but she's <laughs> lacking in faith on this point. <laughs> I've never seen my kidneys, but they are purifying the blood. I drink plenty of water in the morning <laughs> to keep it all going. <laughs> Have you ever had a joint that's speaking to people of a certain age? That's not, that's, these people are excluded up here. People of a certain age. Have you ever had a knee that goes, oh. This is what the Bible says. Putting confidence in an unreliable person is like chewing with a toothache or walking on a broken foot. <laughs> when something's not working, when you're relying on your knee and it doesn't knee. <laughs> when you're relying on something and it doesn't work. And people who say, I'll be there. They don't show. Well, well, you have a unique place in the body of Christ. <clears throat> and you might think, well, who would miss me? We would miss you. The body misses you. You know, and those of you sitting at home this morning, watching us in the comfort of your own home, with your night clothes on. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> don't, as we say, used to say years ago, don't turn over, turn out. Come into the fellowship of God's people. Be part of God's, be a part that works as each part does its work. And we were mentioning last week about the little ministry of helps. Be a helper. 
Be an encourager. Be someone who pushes others along and encourages others. We miss the encouragers. We miss the people who help out. Be who you are. As each part does its work. <clears throat> finally, I, th I think we might have had finally, have we? Or <laughs> lastly, <laughs> we've got in conclusion to go. <laughs> finally, be a signpost for Jesus. Just point people. Someone has said evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And if you have the opportunity to talk with somebody about your trust in Christ, don't use church jargon. Talk normally. Some people put on a religious voice, don't they? Don't put on your religious voice. Just talk normally. Why not just give your testimony and say, well, this is how I came to know Christ. I, uh, I was like this and that, and then someone suggested maybe I come to an Alpha course, or I, I came along to church and I heard someone speaking, and it just seemed to apply to me, and I gave my life to Christ that way, and things have been different. And then leave the Holy Spirit to do his work. Be a signposter. Be someone who points them to Jesus. Sadly, some Christians are not very great adverts, are they? Miserable, miserable saints. They seem to point people in the wrong direction. <laughs> but be a signpost. And this is what the scripture says. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. Don't let yesterday ruin today or tomorrow. God wants you to move forward in this 2023 with the pandemic and all behind us. Let's look to God for some greater things. How many of you in in, in, in church this morning want to see God move in your own life and in the life of our church and in the life of this city how many of you would love to see thousands of people brought into the kingdom of God I've been reading uh, as I told you feed your faith on things I've been reading some of the early parts of our old uh, movement denomination which is the Elim churches and uh, the early evangelists started off preaching with an, in a small building with three or four people and then somebody would get mightily healed by the power of God and then crowds would want to come and then they'd pick the biggest halls in town and they weren't often big enough. Phenomenal healings, thousands of people finding Christ. How many of you would like to see God moving again in power? Hallelujah. In these days, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I've just about finished now. <clears throat> but I wonder if you have been living in the past, God wants you to come up and say, today is a new day. I'm going to put off the old 
I've been harboring things in my life. I've been bothered. I've been going, raking over the coals. I've been exhuming the body. I've been pointing the finger. I'm going to leave all that. And I'm going to move forward in God. With God's grace, tomorrow is going to be better than today. Amen. Please stand with me, would you, please? There's a lovely old song we used to sing. Um, We'll not sing it now because I don't think... um, I don't think you know it, but it's easily, it's, it's dead easy, but it just goes like this. Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And if in this service this morning, the Lord has spoken to you, you've heard the message within the message, so to speak, that more than my words, the Lord has just touched something in your life and you want to respond right now. Why don't you just pray? Why don't you just come before God and ask? Maybe some of you have never really found peace with God yet. You've never really had that assurance that the past has been forgiven and forgotten. And you've never had that assurance that should you die today, you would go to heaven. But you'd like to. I would love to lead you in a prayer. And then I'm going to ask for those of us who've maybe walked with the Lord, but things have come in the way and, and your progress has been impeded. Come on. Let's say goodbye to yesterday. And hello to tomorrow in God. All right, if that's you this morning, if someone would like to return to God or you are coming to the Lord for the first time, maybe in your heart you'd like to pray this prayer. I'll lead it. You say it inside. Dear Heavenly Father, come to you right now. I realize that I have sinned, done things I didn't ought to have done, omitted to do things that I should have done. I'm sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. Cleanse me by the precious blood of Christ. And from this time forward, Lord, I, I want to follow you and serve you. And for those maybe who've, who've, who've maybe been looking back and like we read earlier about the psalmist he said he was so troubled he couldn't he couldn't even pray at times he was so troubled but then he remembered what God had done and it gave him courage and hope for the future and if that's you said Lord I'm determined from this moment forward to serve you fully and absolutely in Jesus name amen Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer this morning, if you would like someone to pray with you and put their hands upon you and pray in Jesus' name, while we're singing these 
uh, final devotional songs, would you just come down to the front and someone will come and they will pray for you, whatever th that might be, whatever your need might be. Thank you, Nathan.